My goodness. That debate was like watching a special needs kid get pistol whipped. God. Let me go ahead and drop the intro. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to Keys to Gems podcast. This is your host, Long Hoso. As a reminder, the content of this podcast may cause you to feel strong emotions as no topic is off limits. Now, with that said, keep in mind that the purpose of this podcast is to critically think about our thinking to make our thinking better. With that said, let's get to it. This week, I just want to make sure I don't make the episode too long, so I'm going to go ahead and skip housekeeping. We got a couple things to talk about, though. First thing, taste aversion. Now, some people may know what that is right off the top, but some people may not. And for the people that don't, I'll go ahead and inform you. Taste aversion is a conditioned response to things that are consumed, so things that you eat or drink. And the response that you have or that your body produces is because what you're consuming is poisonous or spoiled, nasty in taste, like severely nasty. Uh, You hear it joking around like, um, people make me gag. Well, taste aversions literally can make you have that type of response. Now, I'm going to give you a little story about my experience with taste aversion. So, back in the day, some people might say back in the gap, I was, you know, seriously on my health kick and making sure I was trying to maintain a specific body weight for the Army. So, I had, one of the main things I wanted to do was have a healthy digestive system. So I bought some fiber. Now this fiber was a powder, it was a very fine powder, but it was a powder that you can mix with a water or juice, like apple or orange, or some people are able to mix it with milk. I'm not sure how anyone could, because it's so thick once you mix it. Anyway, this powder was mixed one time with orange juice. What I did not pay attention to was the fact that the orange juice had pulp. So many people know there's, it's kind of like uh, the remains of the oranges that were used to make the juice hanging out in the, within the juice. So when I mixed it, it was extra thick. Now I didn't know this. For some reason, that pulp added to a extra thickness and a very unique and disgusting taste. Now it didn't cause me to do like any vomiting or anything. But it was so nasty, I my body just wouldn't swallow it. I, I tried to hold my breath and drink it. I tried to like walk away from it for it, like put it in a refrigerator <laughs> and then walk away from it, come back to it. I had developed a taste aversion in that instance. Now, the good thing about taste aversion is you can sometimes overcome it or reverse the effects because it's a condition response. When your body thinks that something that's going on is improper, it's going to react. And to be honest, I still don't really like orange juice with pulp. Orange juice I can mess with, but if it has pulp in it, I'll take like one swig and (laughs) that'll be it. So why am I telling you this about taste aversion? 
a lot of this is, or that condition response is related in a metaphorical way to what we go through during political season. Now, this political season we find ourselves in is the necessary culmination of a presidential term with the added onslaught of multimedia, social media, misinformation, and disinformation. I'll say that again, misinformation and disinformation. Those are pretty important to understand. We're going to come back to it in a bit. In election season, it's a time that people get a little puff in their chest, get a little bit more air, and they start sounding off with things that they like, candidates who they like or they dislike about the other candidate. And some people find, start, find, it, find the courage to express things that they know to be true and some things that they believe to be true, just based on how much they've heard it. And to be quite honest, it's, it's been that way for a long time as far as the way people actually react around elections. But some people grow a distaste for it, and some people can't stomach it. Now, stomach it meaning they literally have to turn off different social media platforms and sometimes even pull away from watching TV because of how much information or negativity or apparent negativity is getting just thrown in their face. Some people uh, lately have been as they do sometimes, uh, like logging off Facebook and just not going on or deleting the app for a bit. And then they'll maybe close the account or just stay away from it and then come back to it in a couple of weeks. Which, by the way, I personally feel that's healthy. Sometimes you do need a break just to absolutely decompress, get your mind right, and then go back at it. Now, since the JFK and Nixon debate, Television has played a big deal, or played a big part, I should say, in how the people of our country in the U.S. Now, I can't say for certain other countries, but it's it's likely that it has the same effect. Television has played a part in affecting how we view our candidates. Now, flash forward to present day, television is still playing a part but now instead of just the news like they had back in the day, and we still have it today, that half hour programming usually around 10 or 11 o'clock, that's the news. But now what we have are shows that discuss the news. What I'm about to say is, is not saying that news discussion shows are bad, but I do want you to know what you're looking at if you are viewing them. Any show that lasts an hour and brings people on to state their opinions on a topic or topics is, is discussing the news and not reporting it. That's a big deal. And you will notice sometimes that these news discussion programs will cite like the New York Times or Washington Post. They, they report it. That's a key thing. They're giving you the who, what, where, and when. The why is sometimes debatable. It's not necessarily cause and effect, like if you pour water on the floor, there's gonna be water on the floor. The water could be on the floor because it wasn't poured, but it was spilled. But that's where that discussion thing comes in. And sometimes some outlets 
will skew their discussions to support one side or the other. Uh, you hear the terms right and left. Well, that's right, left, and indifferent. And everyone has that right and left. Nobody is on either side, believe it or not, because there's certain things that you, if you just really sit down and agree with, or to think about what you agree with, some things you probably wouldn't. That's very likely than not you would agree with. Now, in discussing topics, we have to also consider how some turn those opinions into what the news actually is, not in a good way. They assume knowledge. Now, that's where we come into the multimedia, social media. Multimedia is a kind of an old school term, but it's what social media uses. The pictures, the videos, that's multimedia. And then you get to social media, the Facebooks, the Snapchats, Instagram, those type of platforms. Now, something this is going to this this is what kind of it doesn't necessarily poison the feed or poison the news salad, as it were, is something that definitely creates the toxic environment that many people have a problem with. And that's misinformation and disinformation. Now, misinformation is the intentional or unintentional. It doesn't matter. It's just the reporting or giving of incorrect facts. There's posts, you know, going around, like talking about how Breonna Taylor, oh, yeah, she was investigated. They had, and people saying, yeah, we have proof that she was selling drugs and she was always around drug dealers. Well, once you run that down, you find out that that's not true. Now, if somebody intentionally did that, to misinform, to screw over people's opinion or to screw over people's knowledge of the circumstance surrounding her death, that would be disinformation. Now, here's where it gets kind of funky. Some people are familiar with the fact that Russia really trolled the U.S. I mean, they did a fantastic job. If, I mean, if you're honestly looking at the job that they did to get 45 elected, and they're doing the same thing now. So they'll state things that, or they'll put things in social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, that looks like a normal person stating it, but it's really coming out of an intelligence farm that's meant to draw strong opinions. And I mentioned this before. If something is putting you on one side or the other, you might want to step back from it and see, is that even worth engaging? Because if it's a us and them type situation, but both of you all have a whole lot of commonality as far as benefiting or being hurt by what's going on, it's probably not a good, probably not a good outlet there. Or it's probably not a, a good set of information that you're taking in. And it's easy to think that it's just, oh, this is all just news. It's on my feed. Well, such and such shared it, and I have known them for 10 years. But where do they get it from? And something 45 does, he just says, oh, many people are saying it. I heard this. Well, he never says who. And for some reason, they never say, who'd you hear from? Who said it? Because that puts you on the spot right then. Like, okay, well, if you if you are being told this and you are so sure of it, then tell us what's going on. And we can investigate it ourselves. 
but he doesn't. And that's part of the BS that went on and has been going on all his presidency. It's really fucking tiring. So how does this relate to taste aversion? Well, that taste aversion comes in when your mind gets kind of overloaded. You're so stressed or you feel that the environment, even if it's a digital environment, is so toxic that your mind can't take it anymore. And so some people just turn it off. They turn out wanting to hear and then they'll stay with what they believe or what they feel is true. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that that's the wrong way to go about it or live your life. If that's your coping mechanism, cope how you cope. However, there is an alternative I would like you to consider. That alternative simply is conditioning yourself to be aware of it. And when you're taking in information, if it's coming from even from a reliable source, you want to get as much information and reliable source being like an established media outlet like New York Times, even a New York Post, even though it's like listening to hearsay and then somebody telling you what they heard about the news and they get it kind of right. But it's just anyway. So watch the Post, New York Times, watch the Times if you're conservative, Wall Street Journal for conservatives if you like their kind of spin on it or their language or their approach to the news. You have to be aware of it because just like you got conditioned to seeing when you're what they call doom scrolling, that's a real thing, doom scrolling on Twitter or on Facebook, and you're getting all this negativity, all this information that doesn't seem like it lines up. Well, guess what? You can condition yourself to see the source and investigated yourself mentally and just check the box off. Reliable source, not reliable source. If they're saying, I think, I feel, this is obviously why, it's very few things that are obvious. Like if you walk in a room and the light bulb is illuminated, the light is on. But if you walk outside, it's the light on. It's kind of like the, <laughs> the old statement, if a, a, a tree falls in a forest, does it make a noise or does it make a sound? So beware of those things that are obviously or most certainly when they're presented to you. And the reason I'm saying this, because as we experienced in the debate last night, it's easy to get jumbled up. It's easy to get a whole lot of information thrown at you to the point where you just don't give a damn, where you absolutely cannot care anymore. And it's not necessarily... Weakness is not necessarily that you don't care, that you innately just have given up. But it is the case that your mind has been conditioned to that development or to that stage of development where news affects you like that or information affects you like that. So I say this, all of this, in thinking about taste aversion. Just like you were conditioned to not like something, you can also condition yourself to be able to be informed. And that is super important. As I state, it's 
I think I've stated it just about on every podcast. It's voting season, and I want people to be registered, be informed voters, and vote. And it's a lot more on the ballot than the presidential candidates. And each individual states, people have representatives, senators that they have to vote for that really decide things. Well, why is that important also? I'll tell you right now. Right now, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and a lot of places are experiencing upticks in reports of the virus, like new reports of the virus, people getting it again, and also the effects of shutting down businesses, small businesses, and actually some established businesses are closing their doors for good because they just can't survive this. So the people that are on the ballot are the people that are controlling the help. There's a bill that I mentioned before that was passed in May. Hasn't been acted on by the Senate. Well, guess what? The Senate could swing power this year. And if you believe that people should get help, the representatives and senators that work for us, actually, they get paid by the government that we fund, then you absolutely should be informed. So even if you have developed a bit of an aversion for the news and taking in the news, you can just go to facts. You can see how those people, what they support, how they voted in the past, if they voted in the past. Because sometimes some representatives of the House of Representatives, like state and federal, and some state and federal senators have a horrible voting record. They're just a mouthpiece and they're just collecting a check. And then other people, they vote, but they vote when it only benefits them. E.g., a Mitch McConnell. That's worth reported, I've said this before, but reportedly worth about $35 million. So he really has no need to give a damn about the people that are still standing in food lines. But that's for the people of Kentucky to fix. Voting is important. Being informed is important. And we must not let the onslaught of negativity or the potential onslaught of negativity shut our minds down from bringing in knowledge. We must be informed. Our democracy 100% depends on us to sustain it. We can do better. We can have a government that actually works for the people, by the people. I think President Obama said we have inalienable rights, but they're not self-actuating rights. That means that we have to do something to make it work. So the laws that are out there that we might find unjust, we might find that are hurting a particular portion of our population, it's our job to change it. And they have the people in Washington and our state capitals, they have no reason to if we don't make them. They will respond to our pressure. So stay informed. Don't let the distastefulness that is social media sometimes. It can be very distasteful. I was just thinking about a couple of specific examples. But don't let that distastefulness shy you away from being informed. Now we'll go ahead and jump on to the next topic. Next, we got to talk about the late Breonna Taylor and that attorney general 
and Kentucky. Now, I mentioned last episode, I believe, and actually I, I kind of touched on it earlier on in this episode, that when people demand change or uh, demand accountability, it happens. So we found out through somebody that was on the grand jury that the attorney general, he didn't really even present charges to be filed against the officers, like the murder charges of the six that he could have presented that wasn't presented to the grand jury. Now, as I stated, I believe last week, and if not, I'll state it here. That's the type of stepping up that we need. So the grand jury member decided to, one, speak up. Two, they, in speaking up, they made it so that the transcripts, and I believe recordings too, but for sure transcripts, of the grand jury meeting with the attorney general, attorney general, they're making sure that that information gets into the record. Well, what does that mean? If that attorney general did not present charges, that is, I won't go so far as say as a dereliction of duty, but it does kind of put us in a position where they have to get a special prosecutor because if they won't do their job, somebody else will. Now, the AG, Kentucky AG, states that releasing the transcripts might interfere with the federal investigation that's going on. <laughs> Man, look, the family of Breonna Taylor got $12 million for a wrongful death. For the, because they believe, the city believed that if they, the jury heard their case, at least they would get $12 million. At the least, they would get $12 million. So it must be the case that something is, something is going on. And as I do, and as I try to, I guess you could say preach, when you receive new information, it can enlighten you to your decisions. But something I've already stated, that's the accountability. That's what happens when people step up. In this case, it's not reversing anything. We're not going to bring back Brianna Taylor. We're not going to take back that horrible incident before her death in the 20 minutes she laid there shot without being or without receiving first aid or any type of medical attention. That's not going to get reversed. But at least the officers that are on the streets, because only one got fired, the officers that were responsible for her death, perhaps they will get at least their day in court. And that's fair. I'm not a person that preaches or that will, will never st uh, think that it's okay to just say, oh, no, throw them in jail. They're obviously guilty. No, I got to go to court. Because if we're truly asking for equity and equality, everybody gets their day in court. Yes, that does mean murderers too. Hell, Timothy McVeigh, the dude that had the Oklahoma City uh, bombing, which, small tangent, did you know the president of our country and not condemning any white supremacist groups, did you know that white supremacists has been responsible for a lot of deaths on our soil? Did you know that? Anyway, it was the largest death beside, in between 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. The Oklahoma City bombing. Look it up. Timothy McVeigh. He got his day in court. 
murderers have. These officers need to also. Back to Ms. Taylor. If we stand up for ourselves and if we stand up for what is right, we have the power to change. And in speaking about the situation in Louisville with the attorney general and his lackluster performance with the grand jury, it's just a highlight of that. We can do better. We must do better for us. We deserve better, y'all. Now, with that said, we got to talk about this shit show of a debate. <sighs> Can't see me. I'm shaking my head and like kind of rubbing my forehead. <laughs> so, as a United States citizen and as a person that loves philosophy and law and believes in our any ability for us to be better than what we are and believe that we're a lot better off than like some dictatorships and we're a lot better off than we could be. I'm embarrassed. The world saw our chief executive show his ass, not literally, and act a, and showing his ass act a damn fool for 90 minutes. Now, the people that are in charge of the debate, they're saying that they're going to change the rules so hopefully they'll prevent what happened last night at the time of recording this was the day before, or this is the day after the presidential, first presidential debate. And a week from yesterday is going to be the vice president's debating. I have a feeling that's going to go a little bit different. But I, it was, it was just hard to watch. Because not only was 45 saying lies, because that's what he does, not only was he being rude and talking over former Vice President Biden, but he was doing it in such a manner that it was impossible to hear anything but a mess of words. How do we fix it? I don't know. In changing the rules, I, the first thing that came to mind is, well, maybe they can cut off the mic. And then the thought that came right after that, like if somebody starts talking over another one, they cut their mic or they only turn on their mic when it's their turn to talk. Then you can say where well, you're editing free speech or you're editing uh, conservative voices. And his followers, a very vocal group, which I remind you, they are not the majority. They're just loud as fuck. They'll start complaining, oh, you were cutting the president off, that's rude and all that good stuff. And you're just as one-sided for Vice President Biden. You're trying to make sure that he looks good and the president looks bad. The president is exactly, he showed himself to be exactly who he said he, or who he has been for years. That performance last night was just kind of like taking off aluminum foil off something that's baking and then the steam just keeps coming up it is what it is he is exactly who he is now this comes to the other point that I mentioned we cannot take another four years of him we had he mentioned last night and I was so glad he did and Biden hit him with the with the stats uh, how about H45s? How about H1N1? And you were horrible with that. Well, 14,000 deaths compared to 200,000. 
and compared to our economy being shit. And there wasn't a pandemic. President Obama and Vice President Biden, they handled it. They actually recovered from the worst economic situation other than the Great Depression in our country's history. In 45, he has never, he has never managed anything this big. He, he had hype around him, this uh, Celebrity Apprentice, that TV show that went for about, I think, seven years or so, never won an Emmy. He is exactly who he said he is. Find out he only paid $750 in taxes, hasn't paid taxes in like 10 of the past 15 years. Yeah, he's a cheapskate. He's also a person that doesn't pay his debts. He's literally filed bankruptcy to cheat people out of, uh, cheat contractors out of getting paid. You all might be saying, oh, so this is a lot of negativity towards 45. It's not negativity, I'm describing him. It's just the truth. I'm not making up anything. That thing I mentioned earlier on, verifiable facts, you can look it up. He declared bankruptcy over four times. I think it was six, but I know of four. I'm old enough to grow up. And growing up, I remember seeing him in the news and his failed casinos in Atlantic City. And he's apparently, he's supposed to be this big real estate mogul that's always broke. We have to do better. So, (laughs) vote.org. Y'all know I was going to mention it. And vote.gov. Make sure if you're not registered, still got a few days to register at the time this will be released. And it's going out as soon as I'm done editing. Vote.org to get yourself started. Has a lot of resources to let you know when and where you'll be voting. And get you, uh, as I stated, starting the registration process. Also, if you have voted in the primary, double check to make sure that you're still registered. I'm not saying anything nefarious happened. However... People have been showing up as not registered to vote after voting in the primary. So make sure you're not waiting in the lines or going to early voting for nothing. And then you get there and it's like, oh, you're not a a registered voter when they scan your driver's license or your voter ID card. And let's affect change. We deserve it. We have been through enough. Let's start working towards equality. Yes, America is not perfect. I got that. But we can be a lot better off than what we are. With that said, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Keys to Gems podcast. I will see you next week.